Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want you to go to in the Old Testament. If you got your Bibles, if not, I'll read it to you. Second uh, Kings chapter 5. I'm actually going to read out of the message translation. This is Old Testament story. How many ever read the Old Testament? It's kind of like, wow. Like, like, Old Testament's crazy. I mean, you don't have to act like you, like, understand it. Like, like, there's some crazy stuff out there. I mean, God, in the Old Testament, is like, man, y'all, y'all right? Like, everything going good? I mean, he's killing people. I mean, it's crazy. But hidden in the Old Testament are themes of redemption and the grace and the attribute and the character of God. And so I love the Old Testament because it's very symbolic and there's a lot of prophetic types and shadows. But hidden in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a story. I'm going to actually read you a a pretty large passage of Scripture uh, from uh, the message translation. It's a paraphrase translation. And so from this story, we're going to pull our talk today. And uh, I really believe this. I, I, I believe something's going to shift even in, in your intellect, but I believe also something supernatural is happening in the room because we believe wherever God's people are, His presence is. And there's nothing mystical about the presence of God. Your presence is here because you're here. My presence is here because I'm here. And we believe God's presence is here because He's here. And so I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 5. I, I love this, this, this passage, and, and uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this for you. Chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Naaman, it's the character in our story, was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem, because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram, a truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. I just want you to see this. It says, a truly great man. We love that but afflicted by a grievous skin disease. I think right there is probably where each of us lie in that statement. There's areas of our lives that are great, and there are areas of our lives that is, but we have. This is what Naaman had. He was a great man. He was a warrior. He was a leader, but... He had a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of his raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well, then go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So we went off taking with him about 750 pounds. I don't know how you read your Bible. I like to like actually picture things. 750 pounds of silver. He's going to roll hard. I'm like, they didn't have U-Haul. I'm like, this is like in his chariot. You know, it's like, pile it up. 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothes. He likes style. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, when you get this letter, you'll know that I personally sent my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, am I a God with the power to bring death or life that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight. That's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, why are you so upset, ripping your robe like this? Send him to me so he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. I'm just going to want you to know, you need to know a man or woman of God in your life. Some people have good counselors, I believe in it, good therapists, I believe. You need to know somebody 
that carries and can hear the voice of God. Elijah said, we, we, we got to get him to the prophet of God. we got to get him to the, to the man of God. So Naaman sent with his horses and chariots, arrived in style. I like that. Naaman arrived in style with all his 750 pounds of silver and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel, saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of God. Wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, the Abana and the Farfar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet. It's interesting how when God gives us uh, healing... Like gives us a, a gift or, or gives us something that, that's like, this is incredible for him. We like to tell God how we like it. He says, hey, you'll be healed if you... And he's like, well, I don't like that river. There's this river and this river. That'd be better. He's like, do you want to get healed? Says, I uh, stomped off, mad as a hornet, like the message translation. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple, wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was good as new. He was good as new. That's your Bible reading for the month right there. Okay, so you're welcome. I, I, I want to talk just for a couple of minutes from, from, from this subject. I want to talk from this subject better than blessed. But better than blessed. Now, I have a church in Texas, and, and um, if you don't know, it's the Bible Belt. And uh, the Bible Belt means, like, there's a lot of churches. People have been in church a lot. You ask people if they go to church, they probably say yes, even if they don't. They'll probably tell you that. There's a lot of believers. There's a lot of churches. There's a lot of blessed people. And, and, and this is what my experience has been in Texas is, like, if you ask somebody how they're doing, this is usually your response. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. They could have... Cussed their kids out on the way to church. They could have cut in front, front of someone and taken their parking spot. They could have put a fake handicap sticker on their car so they could park in the handicap parking. They could have taken two cups of coffee for all this worth. They could have came into the auditorium and they had the worst night that they've ever had in their lives. And you ask them how they are and they'll say, blessed. How are you, brother? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm, I'm blessed. Can, can I just tell you this? I think I want to be better than blessed. I, 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 I want to be better than blessed. I, I don't want to just be okay. I don't want to just come to church. I don't want to just check a box. I don't want to just have a religious preference. I, I, I want something that's real. I want something that's authentic. I want something that's challenging. I want something that's bigger than me. I want, I, I want to be better than blessed. Better than blessed. Better than blessed. The, the story is, is interesting to me. Naaman, he, is, uh, he, he, was a, he was a great warrior. The Bible says that he was over multiple amounts, hundreds and hundreds of soldiers. And to be a commander in this army, you could not have leprosy. But the text tells us that he has leprosy, that, that he actually has this disease. If you don't know what leprosy is, leprosy in those days was un uncurable. Not only was it uncurable, over time it would begin to rot away your muscles, your ligaments, your, even your bones. And if you saw people with leprosy, they, 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 they would usually be bound up. And they're literally trying to keep their limbs intact. Because over time, leprosy would eat at them to a point where their literally limbs would fall off. I'm just going to tell you, you never want to shake hands with a leper. 
Just no, no, no. Uh, it's like, sir, you want you want this back? Hey, it's that's that's what leprosy does. Le- leprosy eats away. But it's interesting that it says that Naaman was still able to function in his job. He was still able to function in his assignment. Yet he had leprosy. It says that he was a great warrior, but he had a grievous skin disease. I'm going to tell you, this is all of us. All of us, we know how to put on a good face. I mean, America is the best. Orange County specializes in it. Texas is incredible at putting on a good face. We know how to post right. We know how to look right. We know how to, we know how to worship right. We know how to check the box right. But underneath the layer in each and every human, there is a but. Everybody has a but. Both, both physically... And for the sake of, of the message, he was a great man, but he had a grievous skin disease. You, you know, the, the problem with our culture is for most of us, we think blessing is outward. How, 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 do you, how can you tell if someone's blessed? Like, it, it, is there, it is outward for us. We check them out on social media, and we see where they've been traveling to. Oh, man, they're blessed. We see what they're wearing, and oh... They're blessed. We see who they're married to. Oh, our blessing meter as a society is outward. But blessing is more than outward. Blessing is more than the smile. Blessing is more than the dollars. Blessing is more than the title. Blessing is more than popularity. Blessing is bigger than that. So you, 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 you can actually, and this might help somebody, you can actually be better than blessed. You can have all of the stuff, you can have all of the surrounding, the peripheral, but you can still have a grievous disease in your life. You know, some of the most popular people, some of the most blessed people I've talked to, and on the inside, they can tell you about their grievous disease. That, That on the outside, they know how to do this, but on the inside... There's a grievous disease. This, this is Naaman. He was a warrior at work, but he was a leper at home. This, this is how, for, for most of us, this is who we are. When we go to work, we're one thing. When we go to church, when we go in public. But I want to tell you who really sees you. Your family. You, you can be a warrior at work, but you can be a leper at home. You ever, you ever remember growing up and like, maybe this never happened to you, but like your parents possibly got a little heated, you know, like, like they're, they're, they're giving you some chastisement and uh, they're encouraging you in the Lord and they have their voice lifted and then the phone rings and it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? It's like, wait a sec, like, how did it go from Dustin, you bet it to like, hey, girl, like what, what, what just, what just happened? Because we all have layers to who we are. We have layers to our emotions and layers to our mind. And I have never seen in culture more than I have right now very affluent, popular, put together, well-meaning, great personality, charismatic people that are dying on the inside. That on the inside are conflicted. Then everybody, if you looked at them on the outside, if you leave the service, you look them up on Instagram, you would look at it and you think, oh, they're blessed. They're, and let me, let me just propose this to you. Maybe it's not 
that we're blessed. Maybe it's we're balanced. Maybe we're not even really blessed, but we've just learned how to balance. I've learned how to show you what I need to show you. I've, I've learned how to handle what I'm feeling. Yeah, I have feelings of anxiety and panic and, and, and depression, but, but I know how to handle it. I know, yeah, I have temptation that's raging out of control, and, and, and sometimes I struggle, with, but, but, I, but I know how to handle it. And so we really aren't blessed. We're really balanced. I'm going to tell you this. What God's trying to do in Ocean's Church is trying to drive us deeper than what our culture says is blessed. God wants you to step into a new place and understand the people you're reaching. You've been in the series. Who's your neighbor? The people that you're reaching. There is a layer below blessed that's deeper, that's more authentic, that's more real. And we have become masters at balance, but we need to be better, better than blessed. It said in verse 4, Naaman, when he heard from the servant girl that, he, that there was hope, it says he acted immediately when he heard that there was hope for freedom. Can I just tell you this? There's hope for you. No matter what you're struggling in, no matter what you're dealing with, you could be a leader, you, 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 you could be, you could have a call of God for ministry. Ministry does not exclude you from struggle. You could have, be dealing with things. But I'm going to tell you, God's plan for you is not to be 80% healed, not to be 80% free. God's plan for you is to be free and free indeed. My Bible still says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. That where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's not just a cliche. It's not just something we say in church. It's because God's heart for you, His plan for you, is that you would be free. That, that you would be made whole. It says in, in verse 9, Naaman with his horses and chariots, he arrived in style. I, I love this because we, we read this. He, he's like, he's taking all kinds of silver and gold. He's, he, he's really getting himself ready to go get healed. Which I think is interesting that oftentimes, if we have a big enough butt, we will have to overcompensate in another area to try to not be vulnerable in the area that we're lacking. So Naaman knew that he had a condition that he could only hide for a little bit of time. But eventually, that condition was going to come out. It was leprosy. There was, only a, there was only a small window of time that he could try to hide it. Eventually, he was going to have to be honest. Eventually, you're going to have to come to grips with it. And now, the servant girl tells him, there is a man that can bring healing. He knows he can pray to a God that can bring healing to your body. So he packs up his chariot, and he takes off in style. I just think that's just a funny picture. A funny picture that on his way to go get healed, he brings 10 sets of clothes. He brings 750 pounds of silver, gold. He's trying to show the prophet, I am someone. I'm blessed. I mean, he probably like polished up the chariot, you know, probably got the sound system on there. It's bumping. He rolls up to the prophet. And uh, he's got his theme song playing. All I do is win, win, win. No matter. You know, like he's, he's ready. He's like, I got the gold. I got the clothes. I got the chariot. Now, let me prove to him that I need to be healed. Let him prove to me that I'm worthy to be healed. This is a good guy. This is a warrior you're healing. This is what's so funny about the story. It said Elisha didn't even get up. Elisha's like sitting in his chair, like, you know, like you're grown when you have like a chair. You know what I'm talking Like, so Elisha's like sitting in his chair. He hears the bass bumping as they roll up. And, and, and he's there in his chair and he's like, who's that guy? It says he sent his servant out. 
I'm, I'm just going to tell you, when I talk to my wife, I like to talk to my wife. I, I don't need her assistant to like come out and be like, hey, just so you know, your wife loves you. I'm like, I'd like to hear it from her. Is, is that too much to ask? This, 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 is, this is interesting to me because I think sometimes when it comes to healing, we like to choose how it comes, when it comes, and who it comes through. God might be wanting to do something in you today, but it could be that you already have a predisposed deposition or attitude that says, I'm not going to, I've had a bad experience with church. So I, I, I've had a busy week. I don't know if I, I can, God can actually do something. He comes to the man of God, and, and he comes in, in, in style. And nobody has seen underneath his armor except for the little girl and his wife. This is the only people that have seen him for really who he is. And I'd like to ask everybody in the room this question, like, who's really seen you for who you are? Not what you show them, not what you put on, but, but who really knows you? Who's really seen you? Who's heard about your struggles? He shows up to the man of God, and, and there's, a, there's a couple things that I want to give you as we begin to wind down that I think are really interesting when it comes to our own freedom and to our own healing, because Naaman has a couple ideas of how the healing should have happened. And the first thing that he says is he thinks that Elisha should have come to him. And I'm going to tell you this, nobody knows you're struggling unless you tell them. I can't tell you're struggling by your social media. It looks like you're doing amazing. It looks like you had an incredible night last night. It looks like you have all the greatest friends. I don't know you're, I'm going to tell you this, your pastor doesn't know you're struggling. The only way that someone can know that you're struggling is to drop the armor and let somebody see the thing that you've been trying to cover. And the, pre- the reason that most people don't get healed is they're never willing to drop the armor. And so they keep the facade up and they keep the mask up and they shake their fist at God and they say, why hasn't anybody reached out to me? But healing, if you really want to get healed, If you really want to step into a new dimension, if you really want to be better than blessed, you have to be willing to reach out. I know it's practical, but you have to be willing to reach out. Elisha should have come to me, come to him. I've found this to be true. If I want to get healed, I have to be humble. The humility unlocks my healing. I understand that I also have a grievous disease. There's a a phrase going around our culture right now, it's okay to not be okay. And I'm going to tell you this, it is okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay not okay. God's plan for you is not to just be content with not being okay. God's plan for you is to be restored. God's plan for you is to be on fire. God's plan for you is to have purpose and assignment, to wake up every morning and know why you showed up. God's plan for this church is to begin to make waves all across Orange County, to be able to bring an awakening to people, to recognize that I can actually be better than blessed. This is a community that I can drop my armor. This is a community that I can drop the mask. This is a community that I can drop the facade and I can be real because you can never be healed until you're real he was thought Elisha should have come to him and and then it says and we read this in the text but but he thought that God should have healed him instantly you ever felt like that like God why, why is this taking so long why is this he he said I wish that Elisha would have waved his hand over me and I would have been healed wouldn't that be amazing if that's how it was Hey, God, I'm struggling. Could you just wave your hand over me? Pastor Mark, just wave your hand. I've had a bad week. Like, it's not. There's process. I believe in God moments and God encounters. And we're going to have one. We've had some today. 
But I'm going to tell you this, that that God encounter only sets you up to continue on in the process. There is a moment of encounter, but there is a walk of deliverance. And you have to be committed to the process. This church, I'm going to tell you, you've got to be committed to the process. Because it's incredible right now, but what God is beginning and what God is stirring is so substantial that we got to see long term and we got to give ourselves to the day in and the day out. We have to be flexible with a new location as God begins to prepare pieces and prepare buildings and prepare people. We have to give ourselves to the... It's not going to happen instantly. You have to give yourself to process. And the last thing you see uh, Naaman do is, is he thought that there was a better way. You, you ever felt like maybe you have a, a better way for God to do it? You know, I'm talking like, like God, I don't know if you're like watching everything down here, but like if you did this, it might have been a little bit better. If, if, if you could work on my wife like just a little bit, you know, like, like just like the attitude, just tweak just a little bit, like that would be amazing, God. Like just can you help me? We, we always have a better idea of how God should move. This is what the man of God tells, he tells Naaman. He goes, if you go wash in the river, just dip seven times. It's really easy. You'll be healed. And Naaman's like, really? Come on, that river? It's filthy. What about this river? What about this river? I don't know if you know this, but Texas has a beach. I've never been there. I refuse to go there. I heard that the sand is like mud and the water is brown. That's not a beach to me. Okay, I'm not interested. Someone's like, you've never been to Galveston? I'm like, I never will. I don't want to go. I like this beach. I like this. This is a nice beach, all right? This blue water, like real sand. I like that. And it's interesting that um, when it comes to God, we like to choose the method of healing. Someone tries to pour into you. I don't like them. God tries to ask you to do something. I don't like that. But it's taking too long. I don't, I don't like that. He thought there was a better way. He actually started to negotiate with God. Which I think is hilarious. Like that we actually do this. Hey God, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the next two years of my life. If you don't do anything substantial, I'm probably going to start tapering off. So you might want to really show up. You know, we do this with our tithe. Like, hey man, I'm going to start tithing. It's like, Lord, you're asking for 10%. Uh, how about I start with an eight? Uh, you say not. All right, let's settle at eight and a half. Like, it's not a no negotiation. This is God. This is not uh, something that we just try to like, let's figure out. I'm going to tell you this is not popular. But this is the truth. This Christian life is about a life laid down. This Christian life is about being all in. It is not an appetizer. It is not a side dish. Jesus has to be the center. He has to be the focus. He has to be the sole pursuit. He has to be the main course. He is all and he is in all. It has to be about him. It was just uh, last year there was uh, a story that came out that I heard and and um, it's super sad, specifically for, for me as a, as a pastor and a lot of other pastors, is there's a pastor that was here in California that um, had struggled for years with mental illness and depression and, and some anxiety, and, and uh, he, was, he, was, he was struggling immensely. And, and um, the, the church thought that they should send him away for a little while, just kind of like recover, like a sabbatical. So we went, and uh, God just began to move in his heart. He felt good. He felt better. And he came back. And uh, I listened to his message on the first week that he was back. And he said, man, I feel energized. I feel excited. I feel ready. I feel blessed. I feel... And, and he said, next week, I'm going to start a series on overcoming mental illness. 
And it was a couple of days later, and this report came out. Many, many of you probably have heard about this, but he actually ended up taking his life. And I remember when I got the news, I was so shaken and so just almost discouraged that someone had been in this struggle, tried to recover from this struggle, but then like gave in to this struggle. I'm going to tell you this. You may have never struggled with suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies, but I'll tell you this. God's, the, the enemy's plan for you is for your grievous disease to kill you. The, the, the Bible says this, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is never satisfied with a part of you or a portion of you or just some of you being in bondage. He wants all of you to be in bondage. This, tr- this is just the truth. But the Bible says that, 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 that Jesus came to give us life, and that life more abundantly. We know that that is... A, so th- this, this man struggled. He took his life, and I started thinking about this, and God began to deliver this message into my heart, is that I don't want to just be blessed anymore. I have to be better than blessed. I've, I, I've, I've got to be better. God, I, I can't just be blessed on the outside. I need to be blessed on the inside. Pastors and leaders struggling with mental illness and anxiety and depression. We serve an almighty God. So there has to be an answer somewhere. But I'm telling you, the answer is in humility. The answer is in vulnerability. The answer is in community. The answer is in letting the mask down. Letting the facade down. Letting someone in so that God can begin to heal you. This is the wild part in this story in verse 14. It says, he finally gave in. To the prophet of God. He finally gave in the prophet. He went to the river. He dipped seven times. And the Bible says. This is what the Bible says about him. It says. So he did it. And when he came out of the water. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was good as new. Or let me say it this way. He was better than blessed. I'm going to tell you, when God does something in your life, it's better than before. God's not trying to get you back to a good version of yourself. God is trying to get you to the best version of yourself. God is trying to stir something supernaturally on the inside of you so that you really know when you say you're blessed, it is not just outward, but it's inward. That God's healing me from panic attacks. God's healing me from anxiety. God's healing me from depression. God's healing me from unhealthy pressure. God is beginning to make, make me Make me new. If someone could come, oh, he's, he's already on it. He's right there, he just he appeared. Like more than new. You, you know, th- this is a message I think um, maybe should be spoken to leaders more than anybody else. Because this is like, oh yeah, this is, so many people even in the room, you thought like, oh, this would be good for that person to hear. But I'm gonna tell you this. Each of us are afflicted with something but I'm going to tell you this God's heart for us his love for us and his desire for us is to make us new like, like, like really to make us new that, that, that he is a safe place that you don't have to be afraid of or you don't have to run from but you can let your mask down you can let your guard down and God's heart for you is to heal you and today God's presence will touch you but I'm going to tell you this begins a process of walking with him and following him and being in groups and, and being in growth tracks and being in good community and investing. And as you, as you follow, as you, as you commit to a process, that full healing is going to take place in your life. And you'll really be able to lay down in bed at night and feel, I'm, I'm, I'm better than blessed.
Would you just stand up with me all across this place? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.